I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And good morning, we welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. I invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. You're also invited to visit our website, www.asburybaptist.org. In addition, you can reach more messages and more Bible teaching on gospeldynamite.org as well. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. We turn to Judges chapter 6, verses 25 through 32 today. Judges 6, verse 25. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock, and in the ordered place. And take the second bullock, offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants, and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who had done this thing? When they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore on that day he called him Zerubbabel, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath thrown down his altar." In our last study, we met a man named Gideon. He was a man that God had chose to deliver Israel from the bondage of their enemies. Gideon does not appear to be likely, a likely candidate to be a deliverer of a nation. When he appears, he is hiding from the Midianites to prevent them from taking the small amount of grain he possesses. And when the Lord comes to Gideon, he tells them that he is the deliverer of Israel. Gideon, like most people, immediately begins to tell God why he's wrong. And after losing the argument with deity, Gideon finds himself worshiping the Lord and waiting for his orders. As we look at this story, I hope that we'll find a little bit of all of us 
each and every one of us will find some Gideon in ourselves. For in this passage, we see Gideon take his first step of faith. And as we consider how God continues to develop Gideon, we need to take a moment to consider our own lives. Our God is in the business of developing us as well. In fact, the Lord's intention in our lives is to transform us from lost sinners into the image of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says about that truth in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, let's look at Gideon and let's join him as he enters boot camp. And what we're going to see in observing him will help us navigate successfully through our own times of spiritual development. In verses 25 and 26, I would show you that there is a command that God delivers. First, I want you to see it's a very specific command. When God speaks to Gideon, it is in the same night that he calls him. When God puts his hand on a life, he doesn't waste valuable time. He calls people for specific tasks at specific times. When God calls, he commissions. He sends the called ones out to do his will. It's very important to note here that God doesn't always call the qualified, but he always qualifies those whom he calls. The Lord's command to Gideon is very specific. He's told to take his father's second bullet. Now, evidently, the first bullet had been dedicated to Baal, so the second one is the only one who's, that's still clean. And Gideon is to take that young bull, and he's to use it to pull down his father's altar to Baal. He's also to cut down the grove that stands by the altar. Baal was the Canaanite god of fertility. The Canaanites believed that Baal was responsible for the success or failure of their crops and their herds. They did everything in their power to worship Baal and ensure his blessings. The grove was a pole called the Asherah pole. Asherah was Baal's female consort. Worshippers would go and practice vile sexual acts near the groves. They believed these acts would bring Baal's favor upon them and their families. We also note that God's com- uh, command is very specific. He was to tear down the altar, and then he was to build a new altar on top of the rock mentioned in verse 20 and 21. Gideon was to build an altar to Jehovah, and he was to offer the young bull as a burnt offering to the Lord. Now, since altars to Baal were built on top of prominent hills, this was an act that could not be hidden. Everyone would know what Gideon had done, and if they didn't miss the altar to Baal, they would see the smoke from the altar on top of the rock, by the way. God's commands for our lives are not hidden in mystery. His commands for us are just as specific as the commands that he has given Gideon here in this passage. To find his will, you simply must read his word, abide in him in prayer, and walk humbly with him in his will. 
Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable service. What a passage of Scripture. And the next verse, in verse 2 of Romans 12, says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world. The word conform there means do not be pressed into a mold. He, God, wants you to be the salmon that swims upstream as a believer in Jesus Christ. It is not your job, nor is it your duty, to comply with the world, nor is it your duty to be pressed into a mold. The Bible indicates in verse 2 that we are to resist this compelling act by whoever it may be, the world or government or whatever, God says, don't allow yourself to be pressed into the world's mold. In fact, knowing the will of God in your life is as simple as this. Micah 6, 8 says, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. There are times when God will place a specific call on your life, and when he does, he will let you know. He will speak through his word. He will speak through his spirit. He will speak through his church to reveal his will for you. Until he does, just keep walking with him, worshiping him, talking to him, listening to him, and telling others about him, and when he wants more, he will show you. Now Gideon was to build his altar, make his sacrifice on the top of the hill because God did not want what he was about to do to be hidden away. In the same way, God wants our worship of him, our service to him, to be done out in the open for all to see. We must never be ashamed of him or of what he calls us to do. Many in our day, very few are vocal, visible in worship and work for the Lord. We should be. And that, my friend, is a specific command. But I want you to see it was a spiritual command. God had two purposes in issuing this command to Gideon. First, God intended to demonstrate his superiority over Baal. Gideon would topple Baal's altar and Baal would be powerless to stop it from happening. Second, God wanted Gideon to know that God would be with him regardless of the opposition he faced. This was a small step for Gideon, but it proved to him that God would never forsake him when he was doing the Lord's will. By the way, God is still accomplishing those same two objectives in our lives. Every time he gives us a command to obey, we carry it out for his glory. He shows a lost world that he is God and that he is worthy to be worshipped. And every time he uses us to accomplish his will, he reminds us afresh that we do not walk alone. He reminds us that his hand is on our lives for his glory, and that's what makes serving him so special. I don't have to know what I'm doing. I just have to know what he's saying to me, what he tells me to do, and he takes care of the rest. And when that happens, he's glorified, and I am encouraged. The main reason that altar had to be torn down was that it was a hindrance to God's work 
being done in Gideon's family, in his community, and in his life. And until that pagan altar was destroyed, the people delivered from the power of Baal, God could not and would not move in with power and glory. The same is true in our lives. Until we take the initiative to rid ourselves of the things that hinder our walk with God, we will never see God use us like he wants to, Hebrews 12.1. By extension, that same principle holds true for the church. If we want God's blessing and power to be upon us, and we do, if we want that to happen, we must be clean and free from evil influences. Not only was it special command, but it was a simple command. This was a command for Gideon to do something that he could do. This was a baby step to prepare him for what he could not do. Gideon had everything he needed to do what God was telling him to do. He merely had to do it, and all he had to do was follow God by faith. God was using that simple command to prepare Gideon for something far more difficult. God was preparing Gideon to do things that seemed impossible. Gideon would have never believed God for the impossible had he not seen the Lord first work in the realm of possibility. Now God uses the same strategy with us. When we are first saved, God gives a small task that we can accomplish. David, before he was called on to face Goliath, he first faced a lion and a bear in 1 Samuel 17. Those small victories helped to prepare David for the big battle that was just ahead. Abraham, he was taught obedience by first leaving home to follow God After a while, he was ready to believe God for a baby when he was 100 years old in Genesis 21. In just a few more years, Abraham would believe God for a miracle when he was commanded to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, Genesis 22. Think of Peter. Peter denied the Lord the first time he was tested, but he learned to stand in faith and preach the gospel in Holy Ghost power. Years later, when it came time for Peter to die, he was ready to be crucified, crucified upside down. As we prove faithful in the small things, God assigns us greater tasks. And when we do those things by his grace, he leads us to do even greater things. That's how he works in our lives. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. See, our problem is often that we do not do the small things he asks us to do, so we'll never be used by the Lord to do the greater things. When we will not pray, when we will not read the Bible, when we will not go to church faithfully, witness, serve him in many ways that are available, why should we ever expect God to use us in greater ways for his glory? He'll never use us in great ways until we first prove trustworthy in the smaller things of life. But then verse 27, I show you the compliance that Gideon displays. Without hesitation, Gideon did just as he was told to do. He got 10 of his servants to help him, and he tore down the altar to Baal, and he cut down the grove. 
That was swift. It was complete obedience to the command of the Lord. You know, would to God we were able and willing and ready to do the will of God. Would to God that we would jump when he calls and do exactly what he tells us to do without hesitation. That's how, not how we typically respond, is it? Usually like Moses, we begin to make excuses. Well, I don't want people to think bad of me, or I've got a reputation to uphold, or I can't speak uh, well, or I can't do that. But also like Moses, we will suggest that the Lord find someone else. Or like Jonah, we run from the call of God, knowing full well that our disobedience dishonors God and that he will have his way in the end. God help us to develop a heart like Isaiah's. When the Lord issued a call to Isaiah, Isaiah, upon hearing it, responded, Here am I, send me, Isaiah 6, 8. But Gideon had fear. And Gideon's fear is on full display. When God called Gideon, Gideon demonstrated faith in doing what the Lord commanded, but he demonstrated fear in that he did what he did at night. He tried to hide his obedience to the Lord under the cover of darkness. Now, verse 26 says he could do it by day. Gideon knew that his father, his brothers, and the rest of the village would be angry with him for tearing down the altar of Baal. He knew that they would probably try to kill him for it. Gideon had faith, but it was small, and he allowed fear to control his actions. I'm sure that most of us would be honest enough to say that we serve the Lord out of fear too. We have the faith to believe him for what he wants us to do, but we fear our own failures. We fear the consequences of our decisions. We fear the people who know us and live around us. We fear what they may think. We fear what they may say. We fear our own inabilities. And it's good to have a realistic opinion of our own abilities, but we must never forget that success in the Lord's work is not our responsibility. Like David told Goliath, the battle is the Lord's. Success in the Lord's work is the Lord's business. Our duty is to submit to him, allow him to work through us, and he will accomplish his purposes in and through us. John 15, 5, Philippians 4 and verse 13. I've been preaching since I was 13 years old. I've been preaching for 32 years, and I still get nervous when it comes time to preach. I've never gotten used to it by what, I, what I'm doing now. My hands still get cold and clammy. However, I've reached a place where I think I understand my own limitations. I'm not capable of doing this thing that he's called me to do, but if I yield to him, rest in his power, and allow him to live through me, the task of preaching is accomplished. And I think of what Paul was saying and talking about in Galatians 2.20 when he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the ultimate secret to success in spiritual service. Verses 28 through 32, I'd show you this. The consequences. Gideon defeats. Gideon's actions caused an uproar in the community. God was pleased by what Gideon did, but he was the only one. Now, we need to be aware that there will be consequences for our actions. 
When we serve the Lord faithfully and obediently, he will be glorified by those around us who have not received the same call that we've received will not understand exactly what we're doing. Let's take a look, brief look at the consequences that Gideon faced. First, you have the enmity of the locals in verses 28 through 30. When the men of the village saw the altar had been destroyed, they demanded to know what had been done. Who did it? It wasn't long until they found out that Gideon had destroyed the altar and the grove. And when they found out that Gideon did this, they went to Gideon's father. They demanded that Gideon be put to death for daring to defy Baal. Now, we're, de we're deceiving ourselves if we think that everyone's pleased when we obediently serve the Lord. There'll be people around us who won't understand. There'll be people around us who hate us. There'll be family around us who will completely leave us out. Unspiritual people will feel threatened. Lost people will accuse us of promoting ourselves. Hey, David faced opposition, 1 Samuel 17. Jesus faced opposition, John 7, 3 through 5. Paul faced the same kind of opposition, Acts chapter 9, verse 26. It stands to reason that we're going to face it as well. Last night I was reading to my wife some of the comments and messages and emails that I'd gotten just over the past couple of days. And I'll quote a few of them here for you. You are a bigot. You are a false prophet. You need to go to hell. You are unkind and judgmental. And I love the last one. You have anger issues. <laughs> well, let's see. We have inappropriate books in public and school libraries for children to read, check out, and to read and look over. Pornographic images in all of those books. We have a spirit of antichrist ruining our country, our families, and our schools. We have drag queens coming out of the closet, performing in sexual ways in front of children, and praising Satan just as it was in Sanford the other week. We have men who won't stand up and be men. We have government leaders who aren't leaders. We have doctors now signing off on mutilation of children. We have a consorted effort that is satanic in nature that wants to come after your children in this country. We have East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina that is offering continuing education to educators that says that they must normalize transgenderism and if someone hasn't bought into it, then they have to be made inferior. We have Cody Hiller in Illinois who is a PE teacher that was recently fired this past week because he would not permit a 14-year-old girl to uh, change in the boys' locker room, he told her she must go into the ladies' locker room, and he was fired for doing his job. Well, yes, I am a little bit angry. And I would say to you, it's time to get angry. You want my children, Satan? You'll have to pull them from my cold, dead hands. God, give us some Gideons. Give us some Gideons who will tear down some altars of Baal. Instead of giving in to those who oppose us, we must obediently follow Christ in spite of all those who would stop us. Let us determine that we'll be found faithful regardless of what others do. 
verses 31 through 32, the enslavement of his loved ones. Gideon's father responds to the attack against his son. I love his response to these men. He basically says, will you intercede for Baal? Will, will you be his savior? If you're still foolish enough to serve Baal, then you should be stoned to death as the law, the law commands. If Baal is really of God, let him come to his own defense. If Baal is real, he shouldn't need you to help him. When Gideon took his obedient stand and honored the Lord's will in his life, God used it to touch his family, and the altar of Baal was on Gideon's father's land. It was his idol. When Joash saw the faith of his own son and the inability of Baal to protect himself, he was converted. He was done with idolatry. He was ready to follow the true and living God. In other words, Gideon's faith was used to deliver his family from spiritual bondage. The results of your obedience may not be so dramatic, but he'll use your obedient life to get glory. He could use your obedience to change your family, your church, your community, as he has in the past. He might use the obedience of a single individual to change the world. Notice verses 27 through 32, the experience he lacked. One of the greatest benefits of this entire event was in the life of Gideon. All Gideon knew is that God called him to do what he did. And as Gideon followed the Lord in this matter, he learned that God would walk with him, protect him, give him the victory. Now that information would serve him well as the task that he would be called to do, they grew even larger. And Gideon learned on this day that God was able. He learned that God was more powerful than the false gods of pagans. He learned that God was greater than the enemy. He learned that God would keep his word. He'd protect his service. That was valuable information for a future deliverer like Gideon. When we first follow, when we first start to follow the Lord by faith, we are a lot like Gideon. We're filled with doubts and fears. And as God leads us along step by step, we see him give victory after victory, and we're developed in our faith, and we come to trust him for even greater things in our lives. That is his plan for us, and it's a plan that works. Some of you are much farther along than you used to be. You're willing to trust God for more than you did when you first got saved. Let me tell you something. Everything that God allows in our lives is a teaching experience. He uses all the events in our lives to teach us about his grace, about his power. He uses the valleys and the mountains to train us for greater things. And we learn lessons, my friend, when we walk in faith. And he'll use us in ways we never imagined. And closing, God worked in Gideon's life to train him for a huge task. God cultivated Gideon so that God could use Gideon for his glory. Did you know that he's working in your life right now? Did you know that everything that comes your way is part of the training process? How are you doing in your training? 
Is there some idol in your life that needs to be torn down before God, before he can use you like he wants to? Is there some fear that you're holding back? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you available to the Lord for his use? Is he speaking to you about his plan for your life? If he is, you come today. Come today and place your will and your life and everything you have on the altar of God and watch him use it and use you in a great way. Hey!